truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand here on The Blaze. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. We are going to open up the phone lines this hour. I think we need to have a conversation about something. And I I think this is a hill worthy of dying on. But I want to find out if, if you agree with me on this. Because there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel, so maybe I'm missing something. All right. I'll tell you what that is here in a moment. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Let us know what you think about what we think as well via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Good morning to Todd and Aaron who are here too. Uh, We will not have our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Uh, He has apparently the excuse of construction happening at his office. So I'm not sure if that's a valid excuse or not or because i because i i know daniel horowitz well enough to know it ain't because he's watching that sideshow up on capitol hill they just didn't want to miss out on it so daniel will be with us tomorrow fear not you will get your weekly dose of woe and lamentation uh we also will play a little game called buy seller hold it's one of our most popular weekly escapades here on the program that's coming up in the next hour some of the big news that broke this morning our friends at project veritas have another big tech whistleblower except this one now is is not anonymous uh this one is uh, putting their name on their charges as one of, a, I think, a senior engineer, I believe, uh, for Google, pointing out the company's uh, political bias and where it's going in the future to control the information that you get to see. As, as more and more of these stories emerge, and as we see more and more deals, like the budget scam that we saw yesterday, uh, the unwillingness to secure the border that we have seen nearly every day, and I could go on. A lot of you are like, what What can I do to fight back? Yes, I can pray. That should always be like the number one thing. You know, we on our show, we try not to verbalize. Well, all we have to do is pray because it kind of seems trite to say, you know, we tried everything on our own. About the only thing we have left now is to seek the 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 uh, the imposition of the most powerful being in the in the cosmos. It kind of feels like you should start there, maybe, and work your way down to your own <laughs> skills and abilities. But that's kind of how we roll, you know, east of Eden sometimes. But you know, what else can you do other than that? Well, one of the practical things you can do is when it's possible, it's not always possible, unfortunately, but when it is, do business with people who are fighting on the same side that you are. For example, almost everybody's got to have a mobile phone in this day and age. And there is one conservative-led, veteran-founded mobile phone company, and it's called Patriot Mobile. And instead of spending your money on leftist causes, which is what a lot of the bigwigs like Verizon and AT&T do, uh, they spend it on causes that you believe in and values that you believe in. In fact, since 2015, they have donated more than $2 million of their own profits to those conservative causes. They've got unlimited plans starting as low as $25 a month, and and their network is just as good as everybody else's because everybody pretty much has the same network. Now, you might be in a pocket of a place where one network is better than another. Not saying that that's not the case, but 50 statewide, they all pretty much, when you extrapolate it, prorate it out, they, they're pretty much within single-digit percentage points, tenths of percentage points of one another. And right now, you can get a free month of service on any plan you choose when you go to patriotmobile.com and use the promo code, come on over. 
All right, a free month of service on any plan you choose. When you use the promo code, come on over at patriotmobile.com. And now here's Aaron with what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Mueller. George Mueller was a 19th century Christian evangelist and founder of several orphanages. His life is a picture of faith and radical dependence on God. Reading about his life and the stories of how God used him is probably a much better use of your time than reading anything related to the other Mueller. Moving on, the Justice Department announced yesterday a large antitrust review of big tech companies, including Facebook, Google, Amazon, and Apple. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley, whose recent bill takes on and targets big tech, was on Tucker Carlson recently discussing the odd position liberals find themselves in on virtually every issue. Listen, I mean, the liberals are increasingly the party of the elites. I mean, they are the party of the ruling class. And that's the point. And that's what they don't want to admit. They are the ruling class. And they have been for decades. They control the commanding heights in this country, the media, uh, the big multinational corporations, our universities. I mean, they have effectively run the country, the liberals have, for decades now. And their consensus has given us what we have today. I mean, they're the ones who are responsible for jobs offshoring. They're the ones who are responsible for wages flat, for the, the plight and struggle of working Americans. You know, working Americans, ordinary Americans, in places like where I grew up in rural Missouri, they just want somebody to speak for them and to be constantly told that they're bigots and they're racist and their lives don't matter and their views don't, they're tired of that. The U.S. House of Representatives passed a measure yesterday condemning the so-called boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement against Israel. This was after Rashida Tlaib said this about Israel's government. So I can't stand by and watch this attack on our freedom of speech and the right to boycott the racist policies of the government and the state of Israel. Americans of conscience have long and proud history of participating in boycotts specifically to advocate for human rights abroad. Americans boycotted Nazi Germany in response to dehumanization, imprisonment, and genocide of Jewish people. CNN headline, House approves resolution opposing Israel boycott movement in divisive vote. This divisive vote was actually 398 to 17. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg ripped Democrats. I have heard that there are some people on the Democratic side who would like to increase the number of judges. I think that was a bad idea when President Franklin Delano Roosevelt tried to pack the court. Mentioned before um, the court appearing partisan. Well, if anything would make the court appear partisan, it would be that. One side saying, when we're in power, we're going to enlarge the number of judges so we will have more people who will vote the way we want them to. Apparently, conservative trans activist is now a thing. Blair White, a dude with large breasts and lots of makeup, slammed and criticized the Canadian Wax My Balls tranny Jessica Yaniv in a video, so now conservatives can virtue signal while we worry about having to wax somebody's genitalia. And now, learning Spanish today. Today's phrase is, how many clicks will this Muslim, atheist, vegan, pansexual lizard person get? ¿Cuántos clics obtendrá esta persona atlántica, musulmana, pansexual, lagarto, ateo, musulmán? The Atlanta Hawks and the Atlanta Falcons recently partnered with an LGBTQ group in Atlanta to sponsor Drag Queen Story Hour at a local library. 
And finally, Eric Swalwell, a favorite target of criticism and jeering from the right, wrote a note to Blaze TV's own Jason Howerton this week, expressing his thoughts and prayers for Jason's son, who recently underwent surgery. It's a small gesture in a rare moment, but one with immense meaning. And that's what happened while we were away. Good on Eric Swalwell. And, and maybe he's just better at being Eric Swalwell than trying to win the woke Olympics. In fact, I, I think I'm, having never met the man, I, I think I'm pretty confident. Uh, regardless of what I say over the next hour plus, almost two hours of this show, that will probably be the most true thing. Aaron's Montage brought to you by CreditRepair.com. A low credit score can keep you from getting the things you want, like a credit card, a car, a new job, maybe even a house. And that's not all. A low credit score means you'll pay higher interest rates than the people who have the better scores. But you don't have to keep getting denied for credit. Uh, You can kickstart the comeback on your credit today. Just call the specialists at CreditRepair.com. They can help you work to repair your credit and improve your score by removing inaccurate negative items like late payments, charge-offs, even collections and bankruptcies. Here's the number for your free credit evaluation. 800-501-3199. That's 800-501-3199. Now, when you call, you'll get a free credit report and score, and then you'll find out what creditreport.com can do to help improve it. So, I'll give you a plan. All right, creditreport.com helps you to work towards a better score so you can have a better life. The evaluation, credit report, and score are free. So give them a call at 800-501-3199, unless you live in Georgia, Mississippi, Ohio, and South Carolina. It's not available there yet. But for everywhere else, 800-501-3199. All right, um, I I would like to have a conversation. And I want to... Well, I don't want to. My, my, My ego doesn't want to remove itself from this conversation. My conscience, though, wants me to, which is why we're going to do it this way, okay? Because my, my ego is tired of watching people who are total grifters and scam artists um, take advantage of you folks and line their pockets while they're doing it. And, 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 and some of that's righteous indignation, and then some of it is just my ego is just tired of doing it, just tired of watching other people succeed, not taking my craft seriously. That, on the list of reasons to have this conversation, is the, is the absolute, pretty much the absolute worst one. Okay, so I, I want to address that up front because I'd be lying, a sin of omission, if I, didn't, if I didn't admit to myself, you know, we try to practice some semblance of self-awareness on this program, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say that was some portion of my frustration at what, what, what's occurring right now. Now, it could be 5%. I, I don't know what the percent is. It's, it's not an overwhelming one, but it's, it's, it's there, you know, and um, I, I, I need to be open to the same accountability that we provide others on this show. Needs to go the other way. So I want to note that for the record up front, gentlemen. Okay? Got it. Okay. Now and let's, since my ego is riding your coattails, I'm angry about this too. All right. So but <laughs> let's set that aside. I, I think we need to, any movement, you know, last year, the last couple of years we've had a lot of conversations about movements need to be willing to tolerate their contrarians. And their contrarians are not always right. 
But if you can't challenge, answer the challenge of the contrarians wearing your uniform, you probably are diminishing the opportunity you have to defeat the people wearing the other jersey. Okay? So tolerate doesn't mean agree all the time. You know, contrarians aren't right all the time, maybe even the wrong most of the time. But what about that one time they warned you, have you thought about this outside your own bubble and silo? And you're like, well, you were wrong the other seven times, so I'm going to ignore you now. And you run out there into the, into the arena and you get, you, get, you get squashed, you get crushed. Okay? Always listen to your contrarians and answer their challenges before you run out there to confront the opposition. Okay? Now I think we need to have a conversation about what is it, a, any movement that doesn't have something it will say no to isn't a movement. It, it's just not. It, I don't know what it is. It's actually not even a cult because cults like even have like super strict uh, things they say no to, okay? Uh, individual f worth, thought, <laughs> all right? So I don't, I don't know what, what if, if you have nothing that is a verboten line, we, we can't go there. Otherwise, we, have, we, are, we are so beyond the point of what forged us uh, as a movement in the first place that this now just becomes a pointless exercise. But there has to be a no. When the, when, when, when the most powerful being of the universe introduced his law to his covenant people, Israel, have you noticed that he, he did it in a series of negative statements? Meaning he's setting boundaries. Now, affirmative relational aspects would come later. But the first thing, before you have any kind of a relationship, everybody has to know what are your non-negotiables. And then, over the course of the time of the, of, of the relationship, we work on how we relate to each other within those boundaries, right? I'm sure you had some non-negotiables for your friends, for your spouses, for the people you go into business with. There has to be some. Has to be some. Everybody has them. I always hear people say to pro-life folks, well, don't be a single-issue voter. Well, I mean, would you vote for an active pedophile? Well, no, of course not. Well, then you're a single-issue voter. Everybody is a single-issue voter. There's always some place we say no. It's just a matter of whether we agree that's the right place to say no at or not. But there's not a question that everyone on some level is a single-issue voter. There is one place you will not go no matter what. Everybody has that place. So I, I, for us as a movement, is there anything that we will say no to? Anything. Here's my thing. Well, I've got a few of them. You know, I, mean, I don't think, I don't see how you can be any semblance of a conservative and not be pro-life, for example. I just don't. You might, you might agree with me on another slate of issues. But if you're in denial of the most fundamental right of all of existence the right to live the right that every society from pagan to judeo-christian has always placed the harshest penalty for taking away without cause is someone's right to life i i don't i don't see that at all i i don't understand how you can claim to be that you can you that doesn't mean you're a lefty doesn't mean you're a communist you know I just, I don't know how we could possibly, other than at certain times, work together. But, but holistically, if we don't agree on the most basic, fundamental, assertive right 
or, or form of liberty any human being has. His or her own life. What about mental illness? Can you be suffering from mental illness? Identify with a mental illness. And say, but I'm owning the libs. I, I don't We're going to find out. We're going to try. Well, apparently, we are going to find out. I'm going to tell you right now. Hard no. Hard no. Like, I'm willing to lose my career, job. I don't care. With you. I, I, I'm, you know what? I'm, we're all going out one way or the other. Find me a man without a hill to die on, and I'll find you a man that didn't finish well, and his kids will probably curse him at his funeral. Every man's got to have some hill to die on. You can, you can tell... All you want about your politicians and your leaders in any form or field by what are the hills they're willing to die on. Promoting the mental disorder of gender dysphoria for me is one, for sure. Because someone can be involved in all other form. This isn't a regular sin. Notice, I didn't even use the word sin. This is a mental disorder. You know, the scriptures, even in the New Testament, when Jesus is casting out demons, have you noticed that it draws a distinction between those who are mentally ill and those who are possessed? That's an interesting point. So there, let's, let's put that in a civic sense. There's a distinction between those who are unwilling to confront some sin in their life or don't even agree with you about something that may or may not be a sin. We all have our blind spots. All have sinned. All? What do you think the Greek word for all there is? I'll tell you what it is. It's um, all. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know what that means? Every last one of us are bringing some sin to the table at the same time that we're trying to stand for things of, of transcendent cosmological consequence. At the same time we're doing that, we in our flesh are bringing some sin to the table. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The question then becomes, am I going to force you to affirm my sin in order to align with me, to do business with me? And as long as you don't do that to me and I don't do that to you, then we can find, I'm perfectly fine then, aligning with you across the board really at that point. Therefore, by the grace of God, go I. Don't confront the beam in your own eye before you point out the speck of dust in somebody else's. You guys with me here so far? Yeah. Absolutely. Gender dysphoria isn't a sin. It's a mental illness. And and you're not, at least that's what I believe. And I don't see me changing my mind on that. If you think it's natural for a man to want 36 double D breasts, if you think it's natural for a man to say, Whack, you know, I'm a woman, but I, I want a bikini wax of my sack. I, I, that's a mental illness, folks. And I, I'm, I, you know, this Blair White told me yesterday on Twitter, oh, you're going to see more of me. And I responded back to him. I have little doubt about that. In fact, you're going to likely be here long after I'm back working in a mailroom somewhere from whence I came. Of that, I have little doubt. For he, in his mental illness, he is the future 
click servitism wants. Now, I've seen him pop up, even with some people I like in my feed, but I assumed, I don't keep track of all this stuff. I thought it was maybe some parody or, you know, but yesterday, this mentally ill person showed up in my feed as a trans woman conservative activist. Can you be mentally ill and a conservative activist? I mean, you're not getting any treatment. I mean, on some level, my wife is mentally ill. She's diagnosed bipolar, but she gets treatment. She has medication. We have an unacknowledged mental illness. And that's your identity. My identity is an unacknowledged mental illness. Is, is that the basis for your conservative activism? Because, you know, I'm told by some of you in my, in, my, in, in my feed that I should just be looking at Blair's positions and not his identity. Yet, if Blair wasn't, it, what didn't have porn star uh, boobs and makeup and female hair, would anybody care what Blair has to say about uh, the wax my balls guy in Canada or any other issue, gentlemen? No. No. Why is Blair a thing? Because he has porn star boobs and because he has disfigured himself to the point of trying to look like a woman. Does anybody want to argue with me that that's not the case? Oh, no. he He's the answer to the question that what many of you may have thought is a running joke on this show. Who's going to appear at CPAC first, Steve or XXX? That, it hasn't been a joke all along. It's perhaps been the most true part of this show. There, there's an openly gay man named Chad Felix Green. I have recommended his work on this show how many times the last few months? At least three or four that I can think of. Yeah. Okay. He does some phenomenal work. He is married to his partner. I don't believe that's a real marriage. Nor do I. Nor do I. Or nor do you. Okay. Um, however... I don't have to. I don't have to enter into an agreement about his identity in order to appreciate his work in other areas. Nor does he immediately have to enter into my identity as a Christian to appreciate my work in some areas. But when we get to the point that, and, and we can have all kinds of disagreements. We have, a, we have a, a sizable audience of this show that doesn't believe in the Trinity, doesn't even believe Jesus was the son of God at all. We don't shy away from those positions. We've talked about how we think about this on the show. You know, we got a, my assistant, my editor here, who edits all my work is Catholic. I submit my work to him before I publish it. Our forefathers have killed each other over disagreements almost as much as, as Muslims have historically. So we don't see a need to shy away from disagreements or hide, hide from them or look for ways that we cannot find agreements in other areas. But in this particular area, you're asking me to accept your psychosis at face value. That's the toll I have to pay to get in. That's the, that's the cover charge. I, I'm not allowed in here without accepting your psychosis. The most fundamental aspect of human existence. He created them, male and female. He created them. That is the most, that's, that, that's the last line. If you want to know what is it that really separates us from the left, it certainly isn't limited government. It certainly isn't government spending. It certainly isn't border policy. On a fundamental level, the one premise of theirs we have yet to grant is this one. But I see that there is a, a growing movement within the movement that has been my career to grant this premise as well. And I'm never going there. 
I'm, I'm not. And I don't care what it costs me. I don't care who it offends. We have to have some place we say no. Mental illness to own the libs. I live with mental illness with the person on this planet I love more than anyone else. And there's no close second. Where things are great for three weeks and then we get up one morning and then there's a crash and we can't explain it and might not come out of it for two more days. Where I get a call at work when she's sitting with her therapist last January, five minutes before we go on the air. And she's at her therapist's office saying, I'm, I, I'm in trouble. I'm, so I've got to eject and leave you guys with a show five minutes before airtime. I take this very seriously. Mental illness to own the libs. At this point, if we're going to go there, there is no point to. And this isn't, there's, there's some blogger calling, this is unnecessary, Dace is praying, unnecessary gatekeeper. You know, I thought we had a political party and a political movement already that told people, you know what? When you when 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 you wanna when you wanna do stuff that your maker who loves you more than anything else in the cosmos says don't do, it's dumb and it's terrible and you'll suffer great consequences for it. I already thought we had a political movement and party in this country that said Yes, do those things and we'll reward you for them. I, don't, I, don't we have one for that already? Mm-hmm. So if, if that's what we're going to do now too, why are we here today? Because I could make a lot less money doing something else. Oh, that's true. It, I, it would pay a lot less money. But man, I'd probably have a, a peace, more peaceful home life. A lot of the, a lot of the fringe benefits of, of, of going back into solitude would... would would make a lot there's a lot of other places except for when the bills are due on the first and the 15th of every month there's a lot of other places that not doing this for a living would make my life better frankly i'm only doing this and putting up with all i'm only putting up with the cringing when my kids hear their last name pronounced in public right for the first time wondering is this a person that's going to drop the hammer on us or a person that's going to act like my dad never makes a mistake when i lived with the guy for 18 years and i know better okay I only put up with all of that because I thought we were doing something meaningful here. I thought, I thought we were saving people here. I thought we were saving a culture here. If we're not doing that, if we're just registering clicks and, there, and there's no place where we will say no, I just want everybody to know up front and it's not personal. Well, and I'm going to try not to make it personal. I'm a guy, I'm competitive, I have an ego. That's why I wanted to admit that up front. But, but beyond that, I'm out at that point, and I'm your opponent at that point. I'm not just out. I'm your opponent. If you think harboring mental illness and enabling it and encouraging it, if you think it's, there's, that you can be totally lucid and just get up one day and say, you know what, I've got all of the other major principles of liberty in, in order, except I really think I, really think I should have um, porn star boobs, even though I'm a guy. So let me go get silicon breast implants. If you, if that's where we're at, then then uh, get thee to a nunnery. All right. I, if that's where we're at, then you know what, man, I'm just going to go do my own podcast 
I'll find, well, I can't do it up on Patreon because they'll kick me out. And all we're just going to do is just talk theology. And if you want to pay me for it, great. But I have, I have no, I'm, I have zero negative integer. Not only do I have no interest in this, I will oppose it. And I will oppose you because this is wrong. Enabling mental illness and acting like if you agree with me, hashtag MAGA or whoever the next Republican front, guy, front person is makes it okay as long as you're willing to say that you know i would guess somebody who disfigures the imago day they were born with to that level would probably be willing to say and do all kinds of things for attention because they're hurting they're hurting they're not an activist they're not a hero they're 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 actually the victim you know i know we're living in this victimology world but let's not pretend that there's not actual victims you know, victimology is this notion of I aspire to belong to a class that it says I'm okay because I'm a victim automatically and not responsible for my own actions, right? Yes. But are there actual victims? Always. People mm. that have holes in their heart, people that have terrible things done to them. Yes. They're not activists. They're victims. They don't need publicity. They need counseling. They don't need promoting. They, they, they need to be made whole. So I'm going to open up the phone lines. And maybe, I'm, maybe this is not the line to draw. Maybe you disagree. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. More in a moment. In America, it is estimated that over 50 million people miss work due to pain, and these Americans spend over $2,000 per year to combat their pain. And so many of them just get frustrated. I was one of them. I just thought, you know what, I'm going to have to live with this soreness, and it's probably just because I'm getting older, things of that nature. And then I tried Relief Factor. And, you know, I heard about this product when I used to just come on The Blaze as a guest of other shows. And I thought, is it really that great? Is it, is it really that transforming? Um, I'm going to be a lifelong customer. I, I, yes, is the answer. I mean, the, the level of soreness when I get up in the morning, dramatically diminished. Uh, my recovery post-workout, dramatically improved my energy during work workouts uh, dramatically better and and here's what i love about it too 100 percent drug free not just the results but how you get the results it's 100 percent drug free even though it's created by physicians meaning these are individuals who are empowered to prescribe drugs and finally came to the conclusion you know all we're doing with these uh, prescriptions is we're just uh, we're just dealing with the symptoms here and how do, we, how do we unleash the body's God-given power to push back on inflammation? I mean, thousands of years ago, how did mankind work fields for hours and hours and hours and then get up and do it the very next morning? Heck, how did we do that a century ago, right? Uh, there, there's an ability in your body, a God-given ability to push back against inflammation. And somehow along the line, maybe we've lost that. And that's where Relief Factor comes in with its four key natural ingredients that wants to help you uh, push back on the inflammation that's causing the chronic pain in your body. All right, if you want to get this starter pack, where it's just a dollar a day to try this for three weeks, a dollar a day, here's what you need to do. Go to relieffactor.com, 20 bucks for three weeks. Give it a shot. What do you have to lose? Except maybe finally, hopefully the pain. 
relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. So the question I want to put on the table here in this hour, can you have a mental illness? And if you don't agree that disfiguring your body and denying the most basic form, I mean, what is, what's, what's almost in every case in our culture, the first words ever spoken about you when you're born. It's a boy. It's a girl. Congratulations, here's your baby girl. Congratulations, here's your son. Those are almost for almost universal. The first words spoken about all of you, regardless of where you go to church, whether you don't, what the color of your skin is, what it's not. That's pretty much true of all of you. Is that our complicated phone screener system? Thank yep. you. I forgot to put my phone on silent. Sorry. So if you don't believe denying that, the first basic fact of your existence, if, if you believe denying that and then disfiguring yourself is not a mental illness, then, it, then there's really no point in having a conversation from there. We just have two totally different views of reality. But if it is a mental illness... Why would we promote that as any form of conservative activism? That's my question. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Is this a place where you draw the line as a movement? Let's go to the phones. And we'll start with Nathan in Virginia. Nathan, welcome to The Blaze. You're live on demand and on the podcast. How are you, man? Hey, I'm good, Steve. How are you? I could be a little bit better, but I could be a lot worse. You know how it goes, bro. Go ahead. Yes, sir. So my question to you, sir, is how do we approach this without just automatically hitting the eject button? Because when the gay marriage thing came out, I wanted to hit the eject button. With my chosen profession as an officer, I can't be super political and um, I can't post and do anything like that. I can't run for office. I can't do these kind of things. And so how do I engage and be... proactive conservative without just saying skip all this stuff and eject it here because i'm absolutely tired well, the, the, the people in my school system and my daughter's school system saying hey you must do this or and you must affirm this mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm done well nathan first of all i i don't accept the premise that there isn't a point that we just eject i mean i i, I think that's that's kind of the question i have on the table is there a point where we just eject, where we're so much like that we're claiming to oppose that we're, we're literally just up here arguing, uh, you know, 50 shades of gray? What, what's the point of continuing on? That's kind of the question I'm asking, in a way. Um, so I absolutely believe there's a point we eject. You know, I mean, Jesus said to his own father, followers, when you see the abomination of desolation, leave. Okay. Now, I don't think somebody who is mentally ill is the abomination of desolation. The point I'm making is, though, there is a place where we eject. Now, I'm, that's what I'm asking is, is mental illness, is that something we overlook, we encourage, we enable because they can help us score political points? And um, that's a point of ejection for me. I, 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 I don't believe this, that I don't believe someone disfiguring themselves um, is, 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 is at a basic human level sinning. Now, if they do with the guy in, in 
um, in Canada wants to do, which is you bring me your children and drop them off while I watch your 12-year-old girls swim topless. That's a different conversation. But I don't believe that act in and of itself is as much a sin as it is um, a mental illness that needs to be treated. That's, it's, not, it's not natural to desire that on any level. It's just, it's not. It's a denial of the most natural first fact of your existence, whether you're a boy or a girl. And so I believe I'm being asked to overlook, I'm being asked to deny reality in order to find some other common ground with you. If we don't agree with reality, Nathan, where is the common ground from there? Do you know? I don't know. Okay, Nathan is gone. Gentlemen, do you know where? If, real, if we can't even agree what is reality, then I, do I really care if you think Obamacare is bad? No. Because, by the way, is Obamacare going anywhere anyway? No. <laughs> right? So, do I really care what, you're, what you think the top marginal tax rate ought to be if we're denying reality? All, all these people are going around by engaging in this. They're whispering out loud, Hail Hydra. It's an open defiance. It's not just the little scenes that are tucked inside a movie where, oh, look what's coming. And they, No, it's just out in the open. Now. We, we, we want this thing. We want whatever we believe the advantageous uh, positions are being a conservative, whatever tool that is to bludgeon whoever, without giving it actual flesh-on-the-bone meaning. And it's certainly not going to have people like you this ta- this room right here, and perhaps uh, hopefully most of our listeners out there in charge of anything. You will be useful stooges to us. That's what they're telling us right now. I mean, unambiguously. Why why wouldn't we support then if if you if there's a such thing as a as a trans woman conservative activist? Then I I would assume we're okay with with uh, with him uh, doing drag queen story time hour. Then what, what's why wrong wouldn't with that? you be? Why wouldn't you be? Why why not? I mean, as, as long as he as long as he reads, you know, uh, God, Man, and Yale by Buckley, or you know, um, some Milton Friedman, or you know, uh, F. A. Hayek, uh, you know, dissertation on economic theory. Is it okay then? I mean, hey, perfectly fine to have drag queen story time hour. Just don't have the kids laying on top of you and read them really creepy stuff. But I mean, if you're reading them, oh, you know, Rush Limbaugh is the way things ought to be. Then it's okay, right? Oh, keep going. You you set the line yesterday, and you said it accurately. Uh, uh, you'd be more than willing to uh, wax this guy's nether regions, right? It's it's just yeah. I, I, I we have to say no at some point, don't we? Maybe we don't. I don't know. Or maybe people just say no to people like me who think we do, and I'm okay if we do. I, I knew what the bargain was, you know. Um, the minute I started getting serious about my See, own faith, I yeah. knew how the story would eventually end, and I'm totally at peace with it. I'm fine with that. I can probably think of a few names right now who are fairly well-known in conservative media who probably agree with you, but are are assuming just because of the posture, uh, just because of their own posture. And I'm thinking about the thumbsuckers who would listen to this and say, yes, but uh, – and then start assigning your motivations and on that note, I want to I want to make th- two things incredible two things so far incredibly clear. One, you keep saying that this is not in and of itself a sin. That is true. All maladies, whether it's a physical affliction or mental affliction, is the result of or a portrait of sin. Mm-hmm. I want I want to make that clear as well. Secondly, nobody in this room 
again, nobody in this room, nobody at our headquarters in, in Dallas, nobody on the face of this planet, or I, I, I would assume so, would make the case that we are less sinful than the people we are talking about right now. All right? So we are all uh, sinners and have fallen short. So the thing that I want... The thing that the the, 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 the the thing that I want to underscore here is that this is again a different kind of sin or result of sin, where we are being forced or we are expected, if we want to be in polite conversation, to give assent a s s e n t give assent to somebody else's choice or lifestyle by denying reality ourselves. Essentially, we are being asked and forced to lie. Yes. That is the bottom line here. We are not any better than any of the people we are describing, but at least we recognize reality is what it is. Yes. As I said earlier, that Blair White wouldn't be a thing if it was just a dude that walked out in a pair of Levi's and a flannel shirt and, and put up something on Twitter that he thought uh, the... The guy in Canada, the Wax My Balls guy, was crazy. How many views do you think that would get? Five? But because he's like, well, I'm a trans woman activist. Now this becomes a thing. So on one hand, you tell me to see past his identity on the stuff we agree. Except he wouldn't be a thing if it weren't for his own identity. So I can't see past it because his identity is the thing. It is the thing. That's why we're even discussing him, because of his identity. What guest did we have on our show a couple weeks ago, Steve? And I said it would be worth discussing again, and here we are. He said the devil's deconstruction worked in reverse, of, uh, and it's now made its way back to this very point we're talking about, where at the, de- the, at the start, male and female, he created him. You, what you're talking about is the, uh, the very last, uh, did he really say moment perhaps yeah, I, I that we have yes. left to fight? I, I, to me, I, I, this is like the last line of separation between us and the, and the leftist. I don't, let's go back to the phones though. I could be wrong. Uh, let's go to Jody in Utah. Jody, welcome to the Steve Day Show. You're live here and on demand on the blaze. Go ahead. Hey guys, um, Steve, I think you're right. I think we have to draw the line in the sand. And I, I think this is an area that we have to do it. Because at some point, we all have to stand before God and account for what we have done. That being said, you don't—I don't think the way to do it is to be condemning, but at least acknowledging, I understand you have a really difficult life. I'm sorry that you have a really difficult life. But I can't support that. I, I cannot pretend that you are not something that you're not. I mean, you're just not. Because mm-hmm. 100 years, 200, 500 years from now, when your body is exhumed, your skeleton is going to say, no matter what you do to it today, Steve, it's going to say you were a man. Mine is going to say I'm a woman. There's, mm-hmm. there's no way around that. So it doesn't matter what you've done to mutilate the skin. Your bones will tell the story. How many times do we read about bones in the scriptures? You know, Jesus so 
lovingly met people where they were, but he didn't accept the bad choices they made. He tried to show them a better way, and I, I think we need to do that, but we also need to do what he did and to not say this bad behavior is acceptable. Wholeheartedly agree with every word you just said. And one of my concerns is if you're if you're using Blair White as a political uh, proxy, if you have a relationship with him, you ever taken him aside and said, hey, man, I, I totally agree with you on these liberty principles, but you need to get some counseling. Or are you just kind of laughing up? Ha ha ha. We own the libs. Which is it? Because I think that works both ways, too, Jody, don't you? I think, you know, I, I, I mean, I... I I I would have to say, while I appreciate what you're doing, this is a real problem, and it's not going to be successful in the long term. You you need to look at your life, and what can I do to help you with that? Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. Amen. Agree with every everything you just said. You know. Um, I, I can't add anything better to that. I thought she was right on the money. We got time to take another call here? How much time we yep. have left? All right, let's go quickly. Carrie in Missouri. Carrie, we don't have much time, but you've got a little bit more than a minute. Sir, go ahead. Yes, sir. Um, I'm looking at, you know, following you, and, and I hear what you've been saying all along, how that the uh, LGB, you know, T movement, how that a lot of it comes from explanation we can see in Romans, you know, that it's a spiritual problem from Romans, how mm-hmm. man is receiving the wrath against their sin. And this is the degradation that happens. But if if the LGB side of things is spiritual, then why is the T become a mental? And can you help me connect those dots? That is, how much time do we have? Uh, we got about three minutes here. Okay. Probably not enough. Probably not enough, Carrie, to, to, to do this. But I, I will... I, I, the, here's the best way I can answer your question, because that would probably take a whole theology Thursday. It's an excellent question, Kerry. The, the movement that you cited in and of itself requires that you adopt certain beliefs and values in order to claim this identity. Okay, so I mentioned a name earlier, Chad Felix Green. I think Chad Felix Green is one of the best reporters of what's going on culturally in America. And again, he's an openly gay man with a, who's married to a guy. But he has an excellent, even-handed job of covering a lot of the kinds of issues that we talk about on this show. All right? So the, the reason why he feels often at times friendlier around people like us than, other, than, than people who identify as LGBT, I'll tell you why, because he said this. Because in order for him to be accepted by them as gay, he then has to adopt the next nine crazy political positions uh, because, other, that, because you're not really gay unless you agree with us on healthcare and abortion and every other issue. All right. So the difference here is though you are denying the most basic element of your existence on your own, whether or not you have certain belief systems or, or have certain political issues. Am I explaining this? You know, it's a start. It, it, okay, it, it's it's a it's it's the right question. It's a question that takes a long time to answer, but in essence, this is a separate thing from the whole LGBT issue, because that's a that's a political movement, and and 
that's a particular club and they don't count you as one of them unless you hold, uh, unless you have their partisan political beliefs in many cases. I mean, go ask Richard Grinnell, the ambassador to Germany right now, ask him if he, if he feels like he's, you know, got most favored nation status uh, in the LGBTQ community. When I think, believe he's the most high profile, openly gay um, member of, of the federal government we've ever had as an ambassador to a major, a major ally. Okay. And the answer would be no. I'm sure he would tell you no. I've never met him, but I'm sure he would tell you no. Why? Because he's Trump's ambassador. In, in this case, in this case, we're saying you can have an open psychosis and we will overlook your mental illness because you agree, because you agree with us on political issues. You know who that kind of sounds a lot like? The actual LGBTQ movement. Hey, as long as you agree with us on these issues, do whatever you want. Is that, is that really what we're about? If you own the libs, then you're, you're, we, we, we roll no matter what. Unconditionally. I know it's not unconditionally. Everybody has a line. I'm just trying to figure out where is our line. Maybe this isn't the right one. It's going to be a line for me. Promoting mental illness is going to be a line for me. More in a moment. We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand on The Blaze. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. Hey, if you're listening to us today via the podcast, if you have a few minutes, if you wouldn't mind, uh, think about leaving us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. And I'd tell you what those are, but we're on so many of them, I can't keep track of. All, we're on all the things, I believe. All right, so whichever is the podcast platform of your choice, please, if you like the show, if you don't, don't lie. But if you like the show, uh, then then please consider leaving us a five-star review. Thousands of you have done this for us already. Thank you. Because the more of you that do that, uh, the more their algorithms uh, promote us and, 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 and shine upon me. And then the more likely we are to find people like you. And then the more likely we are to get to continue to do this thing. All right. So thank you very much to all of you for your five-star reviews and all of you that will one day, hopefully soon, uh, apply those as well. Hey, if you watched a recent episode of 60 Minutes, the FBI's former head of cybercrimes was on there warning about the latest crime wave that is sweeping the nation known as home title fraud. Here's how it works. First of all, you need to know that uh, the, the home is the number one most valuable investment for the vast majority of Americans in their entire lifetimes is their homes. And so uh, that makes it a target already. But now that your home's mortgages and titles are kept online and in databases, which makes them more accessible to you, but then also more vulnerable to hackers as well. And so they hack into these databases, they find your home, uh, they check the value and say, yeah, that's, that's one we want to take advantage of. And then they borrow against it using your home as collateral, liquidating the equity that you made in that home and, and should belong to you. Uh, don't let this happen to you because you'll often not find out until the late payment uh, notices arrive, even a foreclosure notice. All right, that's why you want to check with Home Title Lock. Uh, they can protect you when your bank, your mortgage lender, your identity theft, protector cannot pennies a day is all it costs at home title lock to protect your most valuable asset not to mention the place where you live and you can find out right now for free if your home's title has already been tampered with or targeted at hometitlelock.com again that's hometitlelock.com ask for the free title scan and report at hometitlelock.com i want to just say one last thing about this and then we're going to move on to 
buy, sell, or hold. I, I think this needs to be an ongoing conversation we have. And you can ask questions, critical questions, if you would like, meaning question, questions that are coming from a different viewpoint. But I, I think it is healthy for any movement to ask itself, where's the place we cannot go? Every, every time a political candidate has come to me and asked me for help, I've asked every last one of them one question. If you were to get elected, what's something you think you cannot do? What's a line you believe you cannot cross? And if they didn't have an answer, I didn't help them. And if they did, then the conversation would continue from there to see if I could. We need to know what is the line we will not cross. I would like Blair White to be a star. Because I think it would be really powerful for the culture to see a man realize that he fell for the lies of the left to the point of disfiguring his own body. Got counseling, therapy, maybe spiritual wellness and wholeness and realized, you know, the creator that my rights come from, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, all men are created All men are created. Let me say that again. That all men are created. And when I turned away from those lies, and now I want to be used as a weapon for truth so that the next Blair White doesn't succumb to the scam of the spirit of the age that I did. That's a story I think the culture needs to hear. That's a guy I'd love to see be the biggest star we have. That's a guy I'd be fine losing a competition to in the arena, in the competitive arena of broadcasting. Because that's a, I mean, I got a pretty powerful story. Kid born to a 15-year-old mom, grew up in an abusive dad. I don't know that I can trump that one. <laughs> I, I thought that's why we, what we were doing here. I thought we weren't here to say, except every premise that we're against. And if we, if you, if you, if you create an anti CNN meme, um, or an anti Nancy Pelosi meme, or whatever the crazed story from pagan leftist is today, like this dude in Canada, then that's all we. That's all. That's all we're here for is to just turn that around into clicks. I got into this because I, I, I grew up in the porn culture. I grew up with a, a mom who had me at 15. I grew up post-sexual revolution. I got, I got taught all these lies. I went to public school all my life. I got taught all these lies. And it had devastating consequences. I'm still paying these consequences today. I'm still at war with my own mind every day. I've been a Christian for almost 16 years. I've grown, by God's grace, so confident in my faith that I feel pretty confident walking into almost any scenario, provided it's, I have an equal chance in an exchange, no matter what the odds are against me, and defending my belief system. And still, I can walk into those settings 
and an hour or two later be alone in a hotel room and the war for my own mind will begin all over again. So this isn't self-righteousness. I'm not gatekeeping. I'm concerned. I'm worried. What are we doing this for? Because one of the driving forces for me is ending all, my, my family tree is an homage to the American left. It bought every premise, every premise. I was even on food stamps. We bought every premise of the left's last 50 years, every last one of them. And I'm like the first male in my family, firstborn male in my family in like 180 years, according to my wife when she was in her genealogy phase, who actually didn't have a kid until they got married. I thought I thought we wanted to I thought we were here to save. I, I thought we were here to make things better. I thought we were here to tell the truth. I mean I I, I didn't think we were here to do the slap a condom on it, safe sex version of everything we're against. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I hope Blair White gets counseling and therapy because he needs it. If you believe telling somebody who's mentally ill from the bottom of your heart that they need therapy and counseling is condemning, then we just aren't on the same side. I, I don't know what to say to that. Because, you know, if you think it's powerful for Blair White to be on your screen talking about uh, in full makeup with porn star breasts, disfiguring himself and giving a lesson in libertarianism to the wannabe tyrant up in Canada. If that's our end game here, I'm, I'm not in that game. You know what I want to see? I want to see Blair White on my screen as the man God created him to be who's gotten some therapy, some help, some mentorship, some spiritual wellness. And now he has been, he's a fully armed and operational battle station, fully aware of, of that, of, the, of, of, of what he gave himself over to that caused him to disfigure himself. And now he wants to lead other people out of that. That's, that's the video I want to see get a million clicks. That's what I want to see trending. That, that's, that's the new conservative hero I want to see. I thought, I thought that was the driving force of why we do this. Maybe I'm wrong. And if I am, I'm okay with that. Because that's always going to be what I'm going to do. And I don't see myself changing on that. Doesn't mean I can't do it better. That's why we open up the phone lines. That's why you can send me your notes. Accountability is good. That's why I openly admit it up front. I don't want to let my competitive ego get in, in the way here to acknowledge this up front. I'm not a saint at all. I'm a sinner saved by grace.
And so that's my motivation. I don't, I don't want to leave people in their mental illness because I thought they had some cool ideas about um, what, 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 what etiquette at a bikini waxing shop is. I, I'd kind of like to see them come out of their mental illness, actually. Let's get to this week's edition of Buy, Sell, or Hold. Brought to you by our friends at realestateagentsitrust.com. If you are thinking of going all the way in in the real estate market, which is booming right now, like a lot of the American economy is, except the part that's being tariffed, but uh, the real estate market is booming right now, make sure you get a real estate agent that you can trust. One that has a proven track record of being successful in the real estate market, number one. Uh, one that um, has an answer, a marketing plan, other than, well, here's what the algorithms tell me, or let's do an open house. Uh, and then one also that returns calls, is affable, personable, because this can be a high-stress environment. Buying and selling a home, buying or selling a home, or even more so doing them both at the same time. If you don't have a rapport with your agent, it's, it's just going to make it even less likely you're going to get the final result that you want. So if you're looking for an agent that checks all three of those boxes, you want to find an agent worthy of having you as a client. You want to go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, let's lighten things up again, at least a bit, with a buy, sell, or hold. This is where our producer, Aaron, usually, uh, by just passing on what you folks have suggested in the audience, doing his work for him, uh, comes up with a series of statements and propositions, predictions each week. Todd, you and I will decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Do we have a reason why? Hopefully, there's at least one good one. Once per week, we are permitted to use a hold. If we do so for any reason other than this is beneath the dignity of our even mediocre intellect. The dude code calls for you to be scorned, mocked, who knows, um, maybe even beaten, but we'll see. Aaron, you're up. All right. Uh, starting with So Fresh So Face says Twitter is to America as Moss Eisley is to Tatooine. Oh, bye. That's a great analogy. That is an absolutely great analogy. Um, we got another. I got another lesson in my as, as a sports fan that Twitter is not America this week, because um, this whole thing with Jim Harbaugh and what he said at Big Ten Media Days and would it matter or was it bad? Was it controversial or not? And uh, um, a friend of mine who works in the media in Michigan covering the team called me on Monday morning and he was really concerned. He's like, I think we we could see like ESPN outside the lines here. You know, Harbaugh needs to have like a press conference and apologize. I mean, this thing's blowing up on Twitter. And I listened to him and because and, and, I used to be like him. I used to think that that's how this worked too. I mean, it was, like only like, it was only like a year ago that we were still like overreacting to everything on Twitter ourselves, right? Till we started doing the math and is, is calling the bluff. Is that, is that really what happens? Are, are most of Americans, most, are most Americans really aware of the stuff that we are overreacting to on Twitter? And we've learned in the last year, the answer to that is no. For example, about 80% of all Twitter accounts are from outside the U.S. And so I, I, I said to my friend, I'm like, I rarely mix what I do full time with being a Michigan fan. But let me impart to you an experience, some experience of what I've gotten working in the other world. Twitter is not America. Harbaugh should say nothing because it will only just feed the story, his response to it. And this will all be gone by the end of the day. He thought that was nuts. It was never going to happen. You know what? I would have thought the same thing a year or two ago because I was also 
you know, living in that world, convinced that was the world. Sure enough, by it, it didn't even take to the end of the day. By the middle of the day, the only people talking about it were Michigan fans concerned that other people were going to continue talking about it who weren't continuing to talk about it. Okay, so yes. And out of the way port on some um, forsaken planet that is so irrelevant, the Empire didn't even think it was worthy of sending a squadron of Star Destroyers there to conquer the place, <laughs> all right? And in a, in a wretched hive of scum and villainy, that is so yes, bye. I'm going to have to sell for at least wow. one, one fundamental reason. It's because there's always been Moss Eisley's everywhere. And it's going back to the Matrix. This came up a couple weeks ago about how they realized the fatal flaw in their invention was that it was too perfect. So you just kind of needed people to, it needed to be more raw to work. We've had red light districts, places to where, you know, you shrug at it begrudgingly, but you just kind of, the leper colonies, the things you just kind of, where they go and it gets it out of its system over there. But the the elite, the thinkers, they might trip over there. They might go over there. They might have that kind of scuttle. But, but what you didn't have is you didn't have the elite crowd wanted to really very outlandishly and vocally own that place and that space. And that's the fundamental difference. You have people on all sides of every spectrum wanting to come in and, and, and put the conservative elites... Right at the top of that list, I, I it seems like that's their only ministry. If if uh, you take into account how much time they spend there, uh, the quality or the lack thereof of the conversation they have, so that seems to me a fundamental difference uh, between um, you don't you know you got you know exactly where you're going to get when you walk into Moss Eisley, and it's and that's a tale as old as time. This is a bit hmm. of a new animal. That's not the reason I thought you were going to tell me you sold. Hmm. I thought you were going to tell me, I don't know how you can totally make it irrelevant when the most powerful human being on the planet has used it as, is oh. using it as his main communicative oh, no, uh, tool. That didn't even come to my mind. I thought hey, that was the reason he, you were going to give me. He's a typical... I was not anticipating no. the reason that you did give me. He's a totally typical character of Mos Eisley's. He just happens to be president of the United States. He's... Re- I'm just talking about, but everybody, all those, we know better, uh, we're smarter, we're, we're morally more uh, configured than you are. And, and and for the most part, we would have all agreed with them. I think that's way more, they're way more the, like, it, it goes, to, they're way more the issue than Trump. They are the reason why Trump is here. The hypocrisies of it all. Hmm. Okay. All right, Neil Hess hey, Hold says, on one second, can I go US- back to this? Is it possible that both of these things that yeah. you and I are yes. both asserting, could they both be true? Yeah. Because all the things I said about Moss Eisley was true, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's also the place where Luke Skywalker found transport that launched him into the, yeah, but, the narrative, yeah. right? But Luke didn't stay there and set up the Jedi Academy there. True. This is true. what they're really trying to do. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. Uh, Neil Hess says U.S. forces will begin attacking Iranian forces in some way, shape, or form by September 1st. That's basically five weeks from now. I'm going to sell. I, I think Iran would like that. I want to reiterate what I said when this provocation first began a few weeks ago. Iran has two goals. Number one, it is isolated in the Muslim world. It kind of always has been. 
as a non-Arab Muslim country. Uh, and I think it's tried to compensate for that. Not just It doesn't just have a, a terrorist conviction, but I think it's been over the top as an expositor of fundamental radicalism within Islam, almost as a way to prove, you know, we're not the... You know, we're 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 just as pure as you Arabs are when it comes to our uh, love of, uh, of 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 Muhammad. So I think some of that's always been a bit of a defensive overreaction, and I think it even more so is now that they are isolated now. Um, you know, I mean, one of the issues that Trump is running into problems with right now is 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 a sweetheart deal he wants to cut the Saudi Arabians, maybe the only country on earth who detests the Iranians more than the U.S. and the Israelis, the Saudis. Okay, so I think the Iranians have two goals. One, they're, they're, they want to spark a U.S. provocation so they can go back to the rest of the Muslim world and say, see, they didn't really mean it when they said we could all if, if we didn't have to believe the same things and we could all get rich. Nevertheless, Trump didn't really mean it. They're still the big colonial Christian uh, great Satan meanie. Look at the way that they, you know, uh, look what they did to, uh, you know, Tehran. I think that's the first goal. The second goal is they want to be able to claim the scalp of Donald Trump in the next election. They want to, they, they want to be able to say they cost him the next election. So um, that's why I believe the president has, has here has, has shown f- far better statesmanship and restraint um, than I would have hoped and anticipated and I think he'll. I think he kind of sees what I'm talking about, which is why I don't think he'll give them what they want. At least not by September the first. Yeah, that timetable is too quick. When I saw September first, I thought we were talking 2020, and there's enough time, especially right before an election, where you may have set the pieces in motion. But right now, I still think they're trying to figure out Trump for the reasons Steve is talking about, and they haven't quite figured out which buttons they can push to get what they want. They need more time. All right, Andy Burnt says, Steve will do a study on Revelation before getting invited to speak at CPAC. <laughs> now, Andy gets that. Andy oh, gets it. Andy, you get us. You get us. Bye. 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 That's one of the easiest yep. we've ever had. Yep. Yes. Uh, Christian Chamberlain says, if reelected, Trump is more likely to abandon his MAGA base and move to the left to get bills through a divided Congress than to push for anything resembling a conservative agenda. Uh, I'm going to sell. Not because I don't think that could happen, because I think having any kind of a dogmatic view at all of or a dogmatic presupposition of what you think Donald Trump would do in an environment where he literally owns the system. He doesn't own his he could walk away. He, he's, he, he's, he's been reelected. He beat the Mueller probe. He beat impeachment. OK, I mean, I. I think it's, I, I would, you, you could, and I'd sell no matter which option you gave me. I think without the pressure of getting reelected, Trump will move to the right and serve his base. I would sell for the same reason. Not that I couldn't see that happening, but because I think trying to predict what a guy who has lived, this is the first real accountability because he doesn't have shareholders and stuff like a normal corporation. He's the corporation. This is the first real inescapable accountability Donald Trump has had pretty much in his life, folks. And, and when that's taken away, if he were to win re-election next year, when that's taken away, what he will then do in reaction to that, I think there's no way of knowing. I, I think I, he could walk out like Joe Namath in Super Bowl three, waving a number one finger and exit in, exit in February and say, it was a great run. Here's President Pence, scoreboard, and, and walk out. I, I, he could move to the left to get deals done. He could move to the right because he's pissed at the system that tried to ruin the first term of his presidency. I, 
there's, I don't think there's any way of knowing. So I'm going to sell on any of these predictions just because I think it's totally up in the air. I think it's fair analysis, but I will buy because it's, it's, you're talking about what's in the future as if it, this hasn't already happened in the past. He's already abandoned his base on multiple, uh, issues at, at, at least the, and the ones that were most programmed into why he said he was going to be president. And then he manages to pick up the slack with the things that happen to come along the NFL, etc. So I'll buy. Millennial Falcon says Steve Dace will sooner the rather than later be unable to even mid show and either a walk out leaving me and Todd to finish up or b hold it together long enough to get to the overtime where he just proceeds to burn the f down. Either way, bring the popcorn. <laughs> I'm going to buy this because it's been it's been a hot minute since you've walked out during the show. We're due for one. That's all I'm saying. I I. Do I, I don't I'm know. I'm selling only because I think we've we are evolving beyond that. We don't know what it's going to be, but he's walked out of a a nationally televised news show. I can't remember which network that was. Well, then I forgot now. Oh, HLN. Yes, you, well, HLN, you walked or, out of that. Was it HLN or CNN? Yes, HLN. Yeah. HLN. And okay. you've walked out of your own show. You walked out on Kim and I on uh, what debate? Was it debate night? Or oh was yeah, it? that was no. That was uh, that was three years ago. That was like, totally different, though. Three? I was I was incensed yes. watching the Democratic convention pass out constitutions yes. and and wave the American flag. Yeah, that was I three years ago HLN. this week. Actually, I watched. I walked out on HLN to avoid getting incensed, to avoid giving them what they wanted. Which was, you know, the right wing guy losing his poop on it. Oh, any look at the right wing snowflake. With, I'm like, I'm not going to play your game. Eject. So those walkouts aren't necessarily congruent, but they're walkouts nonetheless. I just think we're we're walking. We're, we're evolving. True. Don't know what to I expect. Have, I have started to notice uh, just a few times when Steve, you know, gets 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 into it. Um, there are like little splotches of green that that breaks out, and uh, I feel like. I feel like there's some sort of radiation coming from him. So I don't know. That could be the next phase, Todd, to be honest. I think it's more like, you know what I'm going to sell? I think it's more likely the next phase is what happened yesterday. I, I just, there's no point in, I can't, I can't yell at it. I can't reason with it. I can't fry it. Can't saute it. Can't boil it. Boil it. And I just break out in uncontrollable fits of laughter at how ridiculous this all is. I'm going to, I think that, could very well be the next phase. Indeed. Yeah, I just, what I can't, what do you say to this? What do you do? I, I, I don't know what to say to it. So I just, I fart in your general direction. I think that could very well be the next phase. I'm wow. good with that. <laughs> that is great. I, this weekend, I got to say, I had, it was my oldest two daughters, freshman and sophomore to be, and, and me, and net, we're looking at Netflix, and there it is. And I introduced them to Monty Python and the Holy Grail. We got through about 20 minutes, and they're like, Dad, what's this up? Is, this isn't funny? What's Well, they laughed out loud, but I was like, "Is what's the point? And I was like, exactly. Yep. But we couldn't get any further. <laughs> yep. Marshall Cade says, the XFL ends up growing and producing more interest and revenue than the quote-unquote experts think. I will buy. I, I think the likelihood of that, given you know the NFL... And I used this analogy last year. What the NFL tried to do with that American Associate, or Association of American Football. Alliance. Alliance of American Football, thank you. Is it struck me as what I've seen when I've been involved in primary politics. We find a really good conservative candidate. And then to go one-on-one with the swamp establishment guy. 
And then amazingly, like a month or two later, some other conservative candidate, like no one's ever heard of, shows up in the primary with all kinds of seed money to run ads, splits our vase, and, and they win. That, that, that's what, They fled the zone. And this view, I, I thought this was the NFL's version of this. Scared to death of what Vince McMahon was going to do, trolling him from the right, basically. Okay? That they tried to leap in unofficially, but they had all kinds of people who are huge in NFL circles and have the blessing of the NFL involved in this. And they tried to get out there and head McMahon off at the pass because there's really only room for one of these off-season leagues, if there's even room for one of them. There might be room for one of them. We know there's room for no more than one of them, right? Okay. Okay. And so I think the NFL tried to throw another candidate into the primary here, so to speak, to avoid McMahon gaining a market share. And and they didn't have their P's and Q's minded. They didn't have their cash flow done. And the thing embarrassingly blew up on, in them. I think that only adds more stock to what McMahon yep. has planned. So whatever the odds were, if you thought they were five, they're now 10. If you thought they were 10, they're now 20. Whatever you thought the odds were, McMahon's new XFL would be successful um, before this, double them now. Yeah, I am... I am buying based on what Aaron said today in the montage, right? About the Atlanta stuff. Yep. I, yeah. I'm, you, you, this is the, the NFL is just telling you that it's going woke and it's, it's a drip, drip, drip. And sometimes the spigot gets really turned on and they realize they went too far too fast. But the, the NFL is it's filled with the same boys who can shave that, that academia is and all those places. They look a little different, but they're, they're all in there and they're, going to wokeify this bit by bit and people are going to look for an alternative steve uh did you see the headline uh two atlanta pro sports teams um yeah i saw it in your in your montage is when i saw it yeah i wasn't aware of it until then. i I saw that headline and i thought for sure this is going to be like the wnba and the mls team nope nope atlanta falcons and uh and the atlanta hawks so that's cool um maybe one more real quick jim larson says four best candidates for the mount rushmore of progressivism culture of death he says Karl Marx, Charles Darwin, Sigmund Freud, and Margaret Sanger. That's pretty good. Um, yep. that, that's it. pretty good. I mean, I, we I'll, could debate. Three of those are certain. Sanger, Marx, and um, Darwin, Darwin are certain. Yeah. You know, Freud is somewhat debatable. Is Not that he doesn't belong there, but is he more belonging there than, say, um, uh, you know, an Antonio Gramsci, who would be obscure to most of you, but is a pivotal pig- figure. In, in leftism. It, does he belong there more than a Nietzsche? Now, I think that's a really good debate. Who should be up there instead, Freud would, or Nietzsche? I would say, I would say no. Not once, he, once he threw out the name, I would say no. But, but that, if that's where you're starting from, brother, you're a student of history. That's a pretty good place to start from. We'll come back more by Southern Hold next year. Live and on demand on The Blaze. Stay tuned. So I I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I know a thing or two about um, what it takes to get healthy and lose weight, having lost well over 100 pounds uh, the last several years in my life, Um, especially because I wasn't overweight, heavy growing up. Um, I was pretty athletic. Doesn't mean I was a good athlete. I mean, I played a lot of sports. Doesn't mean I was necessarily good at them. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's clarify that. Those are two totally different things. In fact, I think I just said it wrong. I played a lot of sports growing up. Let me totally not even claim I was on any level athletic. I just played sports a lot. We'll give you the participation award. There yeah, yeah. I, I, I was the kind of guy that could make teams, just not star on any of them. That, that, that kind of guy, okay? So 
one thing you learn is then when you let your body go, like I did, and for me, the freshman 15, eventually by the end of my 20s, became like the freshman 150, all right? So what you learn is diet or exercise helps a lot. Activity helps a lot. But it really doesn't take as much weight off as you think it does. It, it really has other health benefits beyond taking the weight off. That, that if, the, if it was a formula between diet and exercise, and diet doesn't mean in terms of changing the way you're eating, what you're taking in. It's overwhelmingly. It's at, it, it's over, it's at least 65-35 eating habits more important than exercise. Maybe even 70-30-80-20 for some of us. So you might be thinking, I'm getting, I'm active. I haven't been active in years and, and I'm feeling better, but, but I'm not taking any of this weight off. What's going on? Well, you know, there's a signal that goes from, remember, remember when you were younger and you could like eat anything because you were really active? See, it's, we often think it's about what we're eating. It's not. It's about how much we're eating. Now, you know, hey, some of what we're eating is bad. I mean, if, if you're like, well, I only eat uh, 1,800 calories a day, but it's all trans fats, bad. <laughs> all right? So there are exceptions, okay? But um, for the most part, it's not what you're eating. It, it's how much of it you're eating. And that's what Riduzone wants to help you with. There's a, there's a signal that goes from the gut to the brain. Uh, it's got a long name, fancy name, but we'll just go with the abbreviation OEA. And what it does is when you're, when you're full, you're, it, it sends the signal to your brain, hey, we're full, we're good. And then the brain does its job, you know, and your metabolism kicks in and you, you back away from the table and go do the rest of your day. For too many of us, though, that signal just isn't there or isn't strong enough for whatever reason, or we just bypassed it so often that it stopped taking us seriously. Uh, that's where Riduzone comes in. They just want to put the OEA right back in your body. That's all it is. It's not chemicals, stimulants, caffeine. It's just about the OEA, all right, to help you with your portion control. If you want to learn more or you want to try it out, they'll give you a special offer when you use my name, Steve, as a promo code on the website at riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, Riduzone. Dot com. All right, Aaron, let's get back to some buy, sell, or hold. We'll go to Steve, the mediocre next, who says Marvel will have to readjust their plans for the upcoming phase due to mediocre box office results. I'm going to sell. Not that I don't think it's possible they will have substandard box office results. And in fact, I would count on it no matter what they did with the next phase. You know, I get asked as a Michigan fan, what kind of a coach do I think Ryan Day will be at Ohio State? I think he's going to be really good. I can promise you, though, he's not going to be as good or better than Urban Meyer. Because you can't. How, how do you do better than, I'm going to lose nine games in eight years in, in a major conference? It, it, you can't do that. That's like the historically best winning percentage, not named Frank Leahy, in the history of the sport. A sport that's in, celebrating its 150th anniversary. So the, the idea that the next coach, like if he only wins... If he loses 12 games over the next eight years, that they're like, that would get, that should get you like um, a, a statue at the College Football Hall of Fame. And Ohio State fans would be like, man, what's happened to the program? <laughs> right? you, can't, you can't do better than that. When, when you have reinvented a genre, when you have, you, they've accomplished something. You know, George Lucas introduced us to the trilogy. Marvel introduced us to the shared cinematic universe. When, when, you, have, when you have changed a paradigm, when you're transformative and, and you have re reaped all the benefits that they have, you aren't going to top that. It can only come down. I, I think that's an, that should be stated no matter what they did next, okay? But if they're also going to minimize their own market share with, with 
I don't think they're going the full social justice warrior from what I've seen, but they're, they're absolutely going to go more into that world than they previously have. I think they're going to try to find a balance like start. They're going to try to be in the new Star Trek. And that's why you go into the cosmos because, well, that's where there's so much diversity is out in the universe, right? And so you can give people, you know, nine gendered aliens and they're not going to be offended because I don't really know what the, what the life is like on Centauri nine. I don't know. Right. So I think that's what they're going to do. And I think they'll have mixed results with it. When they have mixed results, they'll never say so. They'll never admit it. Here's what will happen. Um, I think your, your outcome is likely to occur. What they'll do is in phase five, they'll never say it. They'll, 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 they'll do the whole Star Trek, the motion picture, Star Trek two thing we were talking about yesterday, Todd. What'll happen in phase five is they'll introduce the Fantastic Four and it will be a married heterosexual couple. And they will go up against Dr. Doom or Galactus in a total badass movie. They'll go back to their old formula that's worked before. They just won't say anything about it. Kevin Feige, Feige, however you say his last name, Bob Iger at Disney, they're never going to say, you know what, we just went we just went too far left and kind of lost our middle American audience. Because they're going to get glitter bombed at their corporate offices if they do. So they're never going to say that. But in, the, in terms of their actions, could you see that with phase five? Yeah. In fact, I think it's the most likely scenario. And then they come back with phase six and they try to get Star trek again. I, I could see this being an ebb and a flow for the next few years for Marvel. Todd? I'm torn on this. The The reason what you said makes sense is because they have their waiting in the bullpen X-Men and uh, Fantastic Four. So it's, they don't have to reinvent something out of whole cloth. But on the other hand, that Fantastic Four, uh, part of my brain says you've, they've screwed it up so much that it can't be fixed. And part of it says you can't possibly screw it up again. It's just, there's too much there. But on the other hand, listen, this is, I, I think I, I, I think I'm going to narrowly buy this because t- this is the equivalent of Tony Stark um, creating Ultron here. This thing might just get away from him. Despite knowing what they've got in the bullpen, it might just get away from them. Does that mean that the Avengers, uh, Avengers will come in real life, Todd? Um, I'm open. Here's why I don't think it'll get away from them, because of Disney. I think if they were an independent studio still, the, the likelihood of this would be much higher. Why? Well, look at the industry they were spawned from. What's happened to their com- what's com- The comic industry has been ruined by this. So the Disney associate, because like, like we talked about yesterday, here's how Disney rolls. Bob Iger goes out there uh, in a in a five hundred dollar button down shirt and three thousand dollar dress pants, well pressed, and tisk tisk. George is just a terrible place, and I don't think our cast members and employees will feel real comfortable working there. Meanwhile, they have essentially rented out all of the available studios in Georgia for the next five years. That's how Disney rolls. All right, if they Disney will be a tether to them because Disney still understands who its core audience is. Um, and is driven by the almighty dollar. If Marvel was on its own still, I think the likelihood of this thing going way off the rails, way high. But Disney will absolutely provide some accountability because they didn't pay billions of dollars for this, for that to happen, okay? Doesn't mean that Marvel won't, won't to, you know, try to have some adolescent rebellion. That's what's coming. But Disney will be, Disney will be some form of a correction because Disney still lives and dies by the market forces. Now, if the market says we're totally cool, if we're all wrong, and the market says, 
really our biggest complaint wasn't that Valkyrie in the next Thor movie married a woman, but that she didn't marry nine women. And, and, and who knows? Market could go there. Now, if the market goes there, will Disney then go there? Yeah. But the market's going to have to go there first. Otherwise, Disney's going to rein this in a little bit. They're going to want an ROI. They're still selling to kids. All right, last one uh, before we move on to something different. Jacob Hibbard says, I'm nervous whenever you the say next this. next five years, martial law is declared at least once by the president, Trump or otherwise. Oh, bye. Give me a context in which you think that might occur. Uh, uncontrollable streets, college campuses being burnt to the ground. I don't have any. I, I don't think it would happen in those contexts. I, I could see it happening in the context of um, a town overrun by MS-13 gangs. Um, one insurgent cell of Islamists comes across the border and essentially tries to ISIS a town in southern Arizona because they're fine dying, you know, for Allah. I could see it in that circumstance where it's a defensive gesture to essentially you know, clean the cockroaches out. But I don't see Trump doing it at all. I, I think, frankly, I think Trump hasn't been authoritarian enough. That's like my main criticism of his whole presidency. And I I don't know who would, would, a, would a Democratic president declare martial law on the people who have the guns? Because I think it would have to be in that scenario, unless it's the one I'm painting. You agree or disagree with that? I neither. I don't. Okay. I mean, I'm. I'm. It makes sense. I'm certainly open to it. Because I can see an extreme, plausible circumstance where it could happen, though not in many of the ones most people are thinking. I'll buy, but narrowly. All right, I'll buy. I think once we run out of Brondo, there's going to be riots everywhere. No Constantinus Roditis? Um, no Constantinus Didn't even Roditis feel like today. it was an official buy, seller hold this week. I know. It was like um, an episode of Cheers that Norm never showed up yep. to have belly up to the bar. Somebody yeah. check He's, on him. Um, <laughs> he did submit one, and for some reason I skipped it. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. Oh. I, I, Constantinus, we're not ignoring you. I'm just incompetent. Uh, the next three are just for you, Steve. Oh, no. Uh, rapid fire. Okay. Uh, I already know the answers to all three of these, but this is from Christian, our call screener. We've been taking these college football questions okay. from around the staff. Right, uh, I'm good. Okay. So let's now I'm do good. this rapid fire. <laughs> no, on the next, the next thing that we're going to do after this to fill out the rest of the hour, maybe not. Oh, no. Um, Iowa State will finish lower than their spot in the Big 12 preseason poll at third. Um, sell, because I, 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 I think there could actually be several teams that end up tying for that third spot, and, and they would be one of them. So I would, I would, like, I don't think they're like number three all by themselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I, but I, but I think they're in that next tier of teams after Oklahoma and Texas. Well, so gotcha. I actually don't know the answer to this next one. Uh, they will lose at home to Christian's alma mater, TCU. Um, you mean in aims to them? Yep. Uh, I'll sell on that. I think, I think when you're at home and you have the better quarterback and the better defense, you're going to win most of the, you're going to win about 85, 90% of the time. And uh, they're going to lose at home to Iowa. I will sell on that again. I, I think it's just too difficult to beat a coach as good as Matt Campbell that many times in a row. Yep. So I'm going to sell on that one too. Yep. Even I would agree with that as well. All right. Top 25 NFL quarterbacks of all time. And I'm sorry, guys. I know 
Oh, no. I know we're alienating a, alienating a good portion of the audience talking sports, uh, but we need a distraction. We really do. So we're going to My stop. career's this come is, full circle. It's gone from talk sports days yep. to talk politics and religion days. Yep. <laughs> Steve Dace, the biography. I can't win. Um, let's see. We'll start with number 25. And I want Todd on the, in on this as well. All right. Uh, number 25. This is according to Bleacher Report, Bob Greasy. Of all time. Of all time. Of I all need, time. I, I think I need to see who's next. And, and here... Just play the game. Sell. Here's the thing. Most of the undefeated season, a lot of that year that the Dolphins had, Greasy was injured. And back up, uh, I think it was... Uh, so Don Strock even then? No, it was Don Strock was in the 70s and yes. the, or was in the 80s. Yes. Who was it? Uh, uh, Earl Morrill, who started for the yeah. Colts in Super Bowl four or Super Bowl three against the Jets uh, in place of Johnny Unitas. He was the backup for those Dolphins. He played a lot of the games that year. If you look at a lot of Bob Greasy's stats, you know, and it was a different era, you know, it was three yards of a cloud of dust in the NFL. But I mean, those were teams that were carried by Larry Zonka, Jim Kick, Mercury Morris, so sell. No, I don't think he's the 25th best quarterback of all time. I would have sold as well. Number 24, Robin Gabriel of the Los Angeles Rams and the Philadelphia Eagles. I could argue to sell on this that it's too high because there's a, uh, who's the old, Hudson, Don Hudson, the old receiver for the old Packers, yeah, yeah. was putting up crazy receiving numbers in a leather helmet era. Yeah. The kinds of numbers like the Antonio Browns of the world put up in this era where you cannot breathe or, or floss a receiver's teeth within 10 yeah. yards or it's pass interference. And they just everybody gets to break, gets a free run from the line of scrimmage. In Don Hudson's day, they were allowed to headlock you coming out of the huddle. All right, And he was still catching like 100 touchdowns in a career. Roman Gabriel is kind of the quarterback equivalent to this. I mean, he put up a lot of modern type of passing numbers in an era where... All Paul Brown did was just hand the ball to Jim Brown and just sit back and, you know, watch, you know? So yeah, I could sell on the grounds he might be too low, but I'll buy. He, he at least belongs on the list. I'll buy as well. Number 23, Norm Van Brocklin. Another guy kind of similar to the same story who put up numbers that were not typical of his era. So I'm okay with that as well. I'll buy, buy again. Bye. All right. Number 22, Jim Kelly. Now, this is where we're getting into the territory of I need to know who's next I need because I need a benchmark, you know? Um, I'll buy. I'll, I'll, I'll buy. buy. Not knowing who's coming next, yeah. though. I need to see who's coming next. Number Bye. 21, Troy Aikman. I will, contra can I controversially sell? Sure. I, th I think he might be the most overrated and simultaneous legitimate Hall of Famer. I just, that, there, he was good, but there were a lot of quarterbacks that you plug into that scenario. It was just a perfect storm of talent. I so let's let's you know what Kelly and Aikman played in the same era. In fact, yeah. they played against each other Kelly's in a couple a of quarterback. in a couple of Super Bowls. All right, switch quarterbacks. Put Kelly on the on the on the Cowboys. Aikman this on the is Bills. My point. Do you believe the Bills still no. still lose? Do you think the Bills lose four Super Bowls in a row with Troy Aikman at quarterback, as opposed to Jim Kelly? I don't think they go to four Super Bowls in a row. I I agree with you. So I kind of I totally agree with your diagnosis too, that I I think he's absolutely a Hall of Famer, but overrated at the same time. Yeah. 
part of it is the offense he was in. It's not his fault. That's not yeah, we didn't ask him. Yeah. And when it did, he almost always delivered. And he's a great commentator. I like him in that. I yep. mean, it's I don't have any reason to rip on so him. So put Jim Kelly on the on those Cowboy teams with Emmitt Smith, Jay Novacek, Michael Irvin. Virtually, you think it's the same record? Yeah. Because I think it's virtually the same record. Yeah. All right, number okay. 20, Sonny Jurgensen. I'll buy. I, I wouldn't put him ahead of like Roman Gabriel, which I'll sell. Number 19, Kurt Warner. Love him. I'm not sure if he deserves to be this high. Sell. I don't think he's... And I think if Kurt Warner were here, yep. having interviewed him and yeah. met him several times, I think he would tell you, guys, I wasn't a better quarterback than Jim Kelly. I think he yeah. would tell us that. So sell. sell. Yeah. yeah. Number 18, Terry Bradshaw. I think that's about right. It's about right, because somewhere in the middle, because this he, guy made some of the greatest throws in NFL history, he also is upside down all time in his career, touchdowns to interceptions, Right. Played in a different era, too, where they didn't really have an intermediate passing game. It was hand the ball off to Franco Harris or throw the ball 50 yards to Lynn Swan or, Two minutes, or John Stallworth. Bye. All right, we got to go through these yes. rapid fire. Yeah. Uh, 17, Warren Moon. Bye. Sell. Not that high. Uh, 16, Dan Fouts. Bye. Bye. I'd flip the last two. 15, uh, Y.A. Tittle. Eh, sell. But he belongs on sell. the list. Too high. Uh, 14, Len Dawson. Sell. Sell. Too high. Uh, number 13, Sid Luckman. Don't know. Uh, I think he's I mean, I've heard uh, of him, sell too high. Sell, yeah. More yeah. of a quarterback coach anyway. Number 12, John Elway. Way Ooh. too low. Sell. Yeah. He's got to be in the top sell. five. Agreed. Number 11, Brett Favre. Bye. That's uh, sell too low. Uh, number 10, Roger Staubach. He belong, that's about where he belongs. Bye. And that's somewhere in the lower part of the, part of the top 10. Oh, no, this one is way too low. Uh, number nine, Fran Tarkenton. I would put Staubach ahead of Tarkenton, actually. So yeah, I, 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 I think he belongs in the lower high. part of I the meant, top 10, too. Yeah, he's too high, yeah. so. So I'll, I'll buy. I'm fine with him being there, but I think Staubach is better. Uh, number eight, Steve Young. I'm okay with him being there. Plus, it was his number, so I'll yeah. buy. Sure, buy. Okay. Number seven, Dan Marino. Buy. I'll buy, buy that. Number six, Bart Starr. Sal, put my, that's too high. That's too high for him. He shouldn't be He's ahead of legend, Marino and Staubach and those guys. We're kind of having the Troy yeah. Aikman, yeah. Jerry, Jim Kelly argument, yeah. right? Number five, Tom Brady. Bye. Bye. Two, I sell two. Four, Otto Graham. Sell. Shouldn't be ahead of Tom Brady. Three, Johnny Unitas. Shouldn't be ahead of Tom Brady. Two, Peyton Manning. Shouldn't be ahead of Tom Brady. Number one, Joe Montana. Now we're getting to my childhood and nostalgia, but yeah. shouldn't be ahead of Tom Brady. That's a good list. Not yeah. a bad list, though. That's one of the better ones. That's yeah. for sure. All right, we're going to stick around and do the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, see you tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.